inspiring stories, important topics. Welcome to Passion in Action from Vitas Healthcare. Hi, I'm Diane Paceres, and this is Passion in Action. Patients and their families in hospice care deserve the very best support from the beginning. The patient and the family experience starts with our admissions RNs, who lead the way in the critical stages of intake, hospice education, and the transition to care. They make the first impression and set the tone for the patient's hospice experience. On today's episode, I'll be joined by two VTOS admissions RNs, Andrew Donaldson and Eleanor Seen. Together, we'll discuss what makes an admissions RN great and why hospice education and effective communication with patients and families are so critical. So welcome, Andrew and Eleanor. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me here. So I'm really excited to have you both participate in this opportunity. And, you know, before we jump into our topic, it would be great for you each to tell a little bit more about yourselves and also what led you to VTOS. So why don't we start with you, Andrew? So I like to describe myself as a dinosaur nurse because I am actually a diploma grad. It's the original form of nursing training. That's what I am. And I worked in critical care and about 15 years ago, working in ICU, had this patient that they ordered a palliative care consult on. And I was like, what is palliative care? I don't know what this is. And when the doctor came in, I was like, I'm sorry, I just don't know what you do. Tell me what you do. And so he said, well, in a nutshell, I help patients and families figure out what their goals are for when their health starts deteriorating. I was like, oh, I really like this idea. And so he goes, yeah, it goes hand in hand with hospice. And I was like, oh, okay. My only experience of hospice was when I first started nursing with the AIDS virus. And so, yeah, Dr. Zimmerman, wonderful educator, really got me into the end of life goals of care, palliative care, don't even know the best way to describe it because it's very encompassing of multiple factors in a life story. I picked VITAS because they aligned more with my personal philosophy. The other hospice companies in here, I think, limit patients' choice. And VITAS really allows more choices of the families to work in and hand on what their path is for the end of life. Thank you, Andrew. And Eleanor, how about yourself? What got you to VTAS? So my experience was I used to be a unit manager at a skilled nursing facility. And being a unit manager, you deal with different hospice agencies. But there's this one particular hospice group that comes by to our building, and they do provide an excellent care for our patients. And whenever they do come out and see our patients, they're always happy. They're very passionate in what they do. And I said to myself, huh, it must be nice to be working to this company that they're not only taking care of their patients, but they're also taking care of their employees. But at that time, I was pregnant with my second daughter. So I put that thought aside. And when I came back from my maternity leave, it's still haunting me. Like, how come they're always happy when they do come out and see our patients? So there's this one particular chaplain who is our bereavement manager now that whenever he do come by 
and see our patients. He's very passionate. And one day he was visiting one of our patients and he didn't know I was observing him. And the amount of care and the amount of time that he did for our patient, and he was also taking care of not only our patients, but also making sure that our staff is well taken care of as well, really inspired me. So it reignited my curiosity about hospice. So I decided to apply for it. And ever since then, I've never left VTOS. Well, glad to have you both, both at VTOS as well as with us today. So today's topic is specifically about admissions RNs. So can each of you share why you chose that specific profession to be an admissions RN? Eleanor, let's start with you this time. I chose admission RN because we are the first one that comes out and talk to patients and families. And I find it very challenging to kind of walk into a situation not knowing what you're going to walk into. So I took it as a challenge for me, and it's a good education piece whenever I meet with a family. So I like to educate a lot of patients and families, so I decided to start with admissions. And I fell in love with it and never moved to a different position. Terrific, and we're glad you did. Andrew, how about yourself? Why admissions? When I came into VTOS, the person who interviewed me was actually a nurse I worked with in the hospital. And I said, listen, I need to get out of the hospital setting. I need something. I want to work in hospice. And she goes, you'll be perfect for admissions. She goes, I've seen you work with patients. I think your compassion will be perfect for admissions. So I kind of got steered into admissions And I love it. I really feel I do make a difference with the families that I interact and, you know, educate them about hospice and help them understand this time of life. So, Andrew, can you share what's the biggest difference between an admissions RN versus a registered nurse? So I'm usually in admissions, the first point of contact for the patients and families. So I have to go in, figure out what they know about hospice and how I can educate them about how VTOS will help them meet their goals for the end of life. And I like to think that I am the introduction chapter to hospice, whereas the RNs, they're the book. You know, I'm the forward of the book. They're the book. You know, our chaplains and social workers and physicians, volunteers, everybody, they have chapters in the book. I'm the very first page. So that's what I like about this. Great analogy. Eleanor, anything you'd like to build upon that? She said it perfectly. So the difference is that the admission nurses are the one that sets up everything for us to start the hospice services for our patients. So we come in there, we were the first point of contact. So we explore what their options, what their goals are, and we try to communicate that with the team once they start hospice services. We establish care for the patient and make sure that everything is taken care of right from the beginning for them, what their needs are, preparing everything so that it will set the team for success for the care for the patient. Could you help our audience to better understand what an admissions nurse does? So what's your process? What happens once you walk into the door in that patient's home? Andrew, let's start with you. What it is, is basically you go in and you say, you know, what I do is I say, what do you know about hospice? And then first thing is try to to quash any misperceptions, rumors, misbeliefs, myths, and then just say, okay, this is what we do. 
and just start off and say, we're going to support you and the family. We're going to go hand in hand on this journey down the road. And we're going to try to make this as a good of time as ever we can for you. And then just go on and tell what the primary nurses go do, what the chaplain does, social workers, the doctors, the volunteers, and just build upon that and just explain all of our services. Eleanor, how about you? What I like to do is when I first come in and meet with a patient and family is I like to get to know the patient first. I like to ask about how was the patient three to six months ago and what led to referral to hospice. I try to explore their goals of care and try to explore what their understanding about hospice is. From there, then I talk to them about how hospice can help them. And once they decided to proceed with hospice, I discuss their eligibility with the doctor and get my orders in and ensure that whatever the patient needs, we will provide it and I'll order all of it. So I make sure that whatever equipments they need, medications, if they're coming out of the hospital, ensuring that they have all the equipments and the transportation that they need, and finally relaying or communicating that with the team so that it will provide an excellent care for the patient. Now, I know just by talking to you this little bit that both of you make a tremendous first impression of VITAS as you are the first people interacting with our patients and their families. And you've talked a lot about the education component of your role. So Eleanor, let's start with you and maybe you can share why is it so important for you to educate our patients and their caregivers? It is very important to educate our patients and families from the very beginning because it sets the tone of what the care will be like. And it will also set the tone of what the experience the family and the patients will get from the hospice care. So establishing a good rapport with the patients and families. Absolutely. Andrew, what would you like to add to that? I agree 100%. Like I said, there's a lot of misperceptions about what hospice is, and you have to get rid of those misperceptions as soon as you can, because once you educate what we can do, a lot of times, you know, makes the team and the whole process easier, you know, because they say, oh, yes, Andrew, the admissions nurse said that the nurse will be out this often and the, the social worker will help us with getting other services in. And so it, it just helps a lot because there's a lot of rumors about hospice that are unfortunately out there. With respect to the encouragement and the education that you provide to the patient, their caregiver, their entire family, you obviously support them as they make it a really important decision to get the care and additional comfort and support that they need. How does that make you feel as a professional when that evolves and in fact they get the care that they need? Andrew? It makes me feel good because as a nurse, you know, I want to take care of my patients. And even though I'm the admission nurse and I'm there for only a couple hours, those hours that I'm there, I'm very invested in you, the patient, and you, the family. You know, so when, when I say, hey, look, I realize that this is a difficult decision. You know, I haven't had to go through this yet in my personal life. And so 
I can't say how difficult this will be for me, but for you, it, it is difficult. And, you know, when I say yes, you know, I think I really need your help. You know, I'm like, well, it makes me feel good. You know, it really does as a nurse. I can only imagine. Eleanor, how does it make you feel? I 100% agree with you, Andrew. It is a very, very rewarding experience for me. It fills up, so to speak, my cup. And it gives me a sense of purpose that I'm able to give back and help our patients and families. Yes, absolutely. Well, obviously, you give from the heart, not just the head. And that makes you great at what you do each day. Why is communication so very important throughout this time? I think starting a hospice service with a family member is a very, very difficult situation for any family member. And sometimes they just heard from the doctor that their family member is already at the end stage of their disease process or chemo is not working and they're going to shift their goals from aggressive treatment to focusing on comfort care. And a good communication with the patient and families on how we can support them with this hospice journey plays a vital role with the care that they will get. And also able to communicate that with the team is a powerful tool in order for us to provide an excellent care for the patient and the families. Exactly. So the education, the ongoing communication makes this tough decision much more impactful and a little easier, it sounds. Andrew, do you have anything else to add to that? No, Eleanor did very, very good with that. Like anything else in life, the more you know, the more you're communicated to, the easier it will be. Absolutely. It must be the most difficult decision of an individual's life and for a caregiver as well to bring in someone to support their parent or their loved one. So you absolutely make an extremely positive impact as they're making this tough decision. So we'll switch gears a little bit. We've been talking about what you do. Now let's talk a little bit about you and your experience. And what have you found to make your role as an admissions RN most successful? What makes you most successful at what you do? Eleanor, let's go with you. I think... Why I'm successful with what I do with admissions is that I provide an active listening to the patients and families. And when you do that, you get to know them more and you get to know what their goals are. And once we have established that, there's nothing hard. Any difficult situation that may arise, it will be an easy piece for the admissioners to conquer. And I'm very fortunate that I work with VITAS that provides us with excellent tools and resources in order for us to overcome those challenges. So active listening and very good communication. Wonderful. Andrew, how about yourself? Active listening is great. You know, I also like to think being empathetic to the families and the patients and what's the crisis situation that they're going through is, is key. Just listening to them and trying to understand what their goals are and seeing how we can help them with those goals, I think is key. And just being very empathetic to what they need. And are there any other key characteristics that you feel that a great admissions nurse has that makes them great? I believe probably we would say critical thinking. It's very important as well. 
because there are a lot of moving parts when we're doing admission, especially if you're in the hospital. So if you're able to figure out as fast as you can the most effective way and how you can help the patient and ensuring that once you hand the patient to the team, it's tied in a bow. Everything is perfect. And everything that the patient and family needs will be there. And to build upon that, you know, with critical thinking is just knowledge of VTOS, what VCOS can do for patients and families, and then knowledge about the life cycle and how you adapt from the almost a stage four cancer patient to an end stage CHF patient and seeing how you adapt your thought process as an admissions nurse to how you approach each one. I think it is very, very important to be a great admissions nurse. Because if you go in, I am going to be reading you from us. You're going to lose the family right then and there. So you have to do a bonding with them. And you can only do that by listening to them, by, by using your critical thinking skills to say, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this for you. Great responses from both of you, because obviously that adds to your authenticity and the genuineness of giving them personalized, customized care. So that's wonderful. I'm sure that while you're in the patient's home and speaking with the patient and their caregiver and their families, you're getting lots of questions, I bet, right? Maybe you can give us some examples of what are some of the most popular, frequent questions that you get as you're going through your admissions process. Eleanor? Probably the top two that I can think of right now is the misconception about hospice, that once they do sign on to hospice, that their family is going to die in a day or two. And so I do a lot of education on what hospice provides and what hospice is and the amount of care that they will receive. Another question that pops a lot is that once they sign on to hospice, all of their medications will be stopped. So all of that education and, you know, if you sign on to hospice, we don't stop any medications. We continue as long as it's beneficial and a patient's able to take it, we're okay with that. So majority of that is those misconceptions about hospice. Very interesting. Go ahead, Andrew. I get similar questions as Eleanor gets, but one of the other things I've been getting recently is, especially from patients, is am I going to suffer? Am I going to be in pain? And then you just have to go back and say, no, listen, we're going to be here for you. We're going to work in this together. You know, if we feel that you need it, we're going to put you on the crisis care and we're going to be here, you know, for you to take care of these symptoms. I think that's that's been the most common question in the past couple of weeks. And so you're answering a lot of questions, which naturally helps to kind of put their mind at rest. But is there anything else by way of your communications to them that you feel has worked in particular to put them at ease with this whole idea of I'm in hospice now? I do selective uh, comedy. I like to keep things light and jovial. And, you know, depending on the situation, you know, I try to inject a little bit of humor in there. And 99% of the time, the families, you know, respond with that. Yes, there's somebody that say, how can you be laughing at a time like this? I'm like, because otherwise I will cry. And this is how I deal with the stress until I can get out somewhere private. I've cried in admission appointments with, with family members. And my dad died of lung cancer. And my dad did not believe in hospice. 
And I was a hospice nurse trying to tell them, let us come in and help you. Every now and then I get that patient lung cancer. I'm like, okay, let's keep that down. Let's keep that down. And situations are so similar. It's like, okay, guys, listen, I'm going to have to take a moment. And I explain why, why I'm feeling upset. And they're like, oh my God, you know exactly what we're going through. And we've all took like 10 minutes just to have a cry. And, you know, I think trying to bond with patients and families, I think for me is important because we do want to create a hand in hand journey with patients and families. And I think that's something that I try to portray. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing the personal side of the story as well. Eleanor, how about your thoughts on, you know, what have been some of the things you've done to really put everyone at ease, you know, through that time of making those decisions? Whenever I do come out and see patients, I make sure that it's all about them and it's not about what I do. I let them talk about what their goals are first, what they're going through, so that I can better understand them. And then I guide them through about what hospice can help them. So more on kind of like trying to listen to them and try to put them at ease. We're here to hold them. We're here to protect them and make sure that they're comfortable. So it's kind of like just the listening part, like I said earlier, it's more, more of that for me. Great thoughts. And so I'm sure there are challenges in your role. So when you can think about one of your greatest challenges that you work to overcome every day, what would that be? It just goes back to the misunderstanding of what hospice is. That is my biggest challenge is trying to overcome misperceptions. Eleanor? I think the biggest challenge is Andrew's correct. It's more like kind of like having those misconceptions about hospice. But what's good about those challenges is that you're able to educate them and give your knowledge about what hospice can do for them and turning that challenge into a positive. Yeah, it's just, again, so touching and so heartwarming what you do each and every day and how you approach it. And we've talked about the fact that you're supporting patients and their families each and every day. You have an opportunity to eliminate myths and educate them on what's real, put them at ease, you know, in the most vulnerable time of their life. It's difficult. And you've also, you know, shared how it's personally challenging and difficult to hear some of these stories and deal with them. But, you know, how are you supported? How does VITAS support you in your role? And that enables you to be this supportive to the patients and their families. I have a wonderful team behind me. I have a good senior admissions nurse who I can go to at any time, just the support from management for me. Great. Great. Eleanor, anything to add to that? Andrew's correct. It's the team behind us that's kind of supporting us. And I do have a really good admissions manager that supports us no matter what time of the day. And good senior management as well. The one thing that I'm very proud of that sets VITAS apart from different hospice agencies is that whenever I do meet with families, they have different demands. And I can proudly say that VITAS goes above and beyond and try to meet those expectations for the patients. 
And with that being said, I feel like I'm very much supported that I'll be able to provide the excellent care for the patients and families. With the help of management, they're very supportive of us. Really glad that you feel supportive and that you are supportive because that's what it takes for you to be able to do what you do each and every day and do it well. So we want to do a segment that really speaks to our participants' passion and action moment. We'd love for each of you to share one of the most touching moments that you've had at the bedside. Andrew, if I may, I'm going to start with you. Years ago, when I first started, I was still a young admissions nurse. I went to do a hospital referral for this patient, and the family was just so against hospice. I said, look, this is how we can support you at home. This is what we can do. And they met that they reluctantly signed up with us because they wanted to get out of the hospital. And then, so I set up, made sure all the equipment was ordered, medications, everything. And then about a week later, I'm on my day off and I'm shopping at my local supermarket. And this guy starts following me around the store and I didn't recognize him. I'm like, okay, this is getting, you know, I'm getting kind of scared now. And he finally corners me and goes, you're the hospice nurse. I'm like, yes, as I'm trying to find an exit. He goes, well, I just want to say you came out to hospital. You saw us and you signed us up. And my father-in-law passed away the other day. But I got to say, you were right with everything. I'm like, well, I'm glad that I was able to help you. And he goes, yeah, you know, it's, it hurts. It really, really hurts. I'm like, it does. Yes. No, I'm not going to deny that. It does. He goes, but, but everything you said was going to happen, happened. He goes, it was very smooth. And he passed at home, which is what he wanted. I'm like, well, I'm really glad that we could help you with the goals. That, that's what we're here for. And that stood out for me for, for the past four or five years that I've been with VTOS. What a great story. Thank you for sharing that, Andrew. Eleanor, I'd love to hear your story as well. Obviously, there's a lot of situations, but one thing that stood out to me recently is that I have an ICU patient that is here down in San Diego, but wants to go back home in LA. But he was in ICU. He's hooked up with all the drains that you can think of, all the IV stuff. He was receiving daily dialysis in order to keep him alive. But his dying wish was to go back home and see the water, to see the beach. And happy to report, I was able to transfer him the next day. And he was alert. He knows what's going on. He was a very, very quiet man. But when the transportation was there and we were ready to transport him, he smiled and thanked me. And the family kept in touch. It was about two, two and a half hour drive with critical care transport. His blood pressure was running really, really low, but we kept him with IV medications to make sure that he makes it home. And the daughter called me back and said, because we made sure with the critical transport, as soon as you get home, make sure the gurney faces the window. And he looked up outside to make sure that he sees the beach. And it happened. And he died a day or two after. And the family was saying that 
they saw their dad's last smile when he came into that house and make sure that he looked into the water before he passed. So it was an amazing experience for me. Oh, it's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing. It's amazing um, how in your roles, you're able to take probably the most difficult situation that everyone has faced in their lives or is facing in their lives and make it just a little bit better. So thank you. One last question. What advice would you give to anyone that might be interested in working in a hospice career? Maintain your compassion and your empathy. Maintaining your, your compassion and empathy is key. I think that's the key to, to any nurse, first of all, but especially in, in hospice, I think do what you have to do to maintain your good self well-being so that way you can project that onto your patients. Would you encourage them to join? Totally, 100%. I wish I did this earlier. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Eleanor, how would you build on that? For anyone who are interested in switching to hospice care, working for hospice care, I would say take the leap. Take the leap, the net will appear. Just jump and the net will appear. And it will change your life forever in a good way. Very, very good way. Well, the two of you have been amazing to get to know and to hear your stories. I know that our listeners are really going to gain a lot from hearing from both of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Passion in Action. I want to extend a huge thanks to Andrew and Eleanor for joining us today to discuss the important role of admission RNs at VTOS. If you are inspired by their stories and interested in learning more about career opportunities at VTOS, please visit careers.vtos.com. You can find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Passion in Action from VTOS Healthcare.